following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Christ is now homeward we go. Be strong in the Lord. Be not as children tossed to and fro. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. Put His armor on and fight the good fight. Be steadfast and faithful. Stand for the right. Be strong. For you to devour, be strong, be strong in the Lord. Be vigilant always, each day and each hour. Be strong, strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. Put His armor on and fight the good fight. Be steadfast and faithful. Stand for the right. Be strong in the Lord. And his power remade. Be strong in the Lord. Put on the new man the Spirit has made. Be strong in the Lord. You who were darkness walk now in his light. Be strong in the Lord. Redeeming the time in his love now delight. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I want you to be strong in the Lord today. I want the power of the Holy Spirit to come and open the way for you to understand what He wants to accomplish in your life. Romans, the 8th chapter, beginning in verse 12. So then, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live in accordance with flesh. For if in accordance with flesh you live, you are certain to die eternally. But if by the Spirit you daily kill the practices of your body, you will live eternally. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Now you received a spirit you did not receive a spirit of bondage under fear, but you received a spirit of sonship by whom we exclaim, Father, oh, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness together with our spirit because we are children of God, and if children also heirs and heirs of God indeed, and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer together, so that we may also be glorified with him. Now, this passage out of Romans, the eighth chapter, is describing a relationship between the Holy Spirit and our own spirit. This relationship is is what gives us, through the blood of Jesus Christ, the victory. It is by grace we are saved. It is not by works. It is by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit as we cooperate and put to death the deeds of wickedness by listening to the direction of the Holy Spirit. We're no longer under the law. We are under the Holy Spirit. 
Now, there's another passage that speaks about the Spirit in the 8th chapter of Romans. Let me read it for you. I'll begin in verse 26. Now, in like manner also, the Spirit takes hold with us against our weaknesses. So, all of us coming out of darkness have weaknesses. And we're being told by the writer of Romans, the Apostle Paul, that the Holy Spirit understands these weaknesses and he comes and stands against them. We know not what things we might pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself meets with us in our behalf with unutterable groanings. So the one searching the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, so that in accordance with God, he pleads in behalf of the holy ones. Now we know that all things work together for good for the ones loving God, for the ones being called according to his purpose. Well, I urge you to go back and listen to this past Sunday's sermon, and it will clearly lay out what God's purpose is. You need to understand the purpose of God, according to Jesus, was to destroy the works of the devil. According to Jesus, it was to call us to repentance and to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of heaven, that is, the divine authority of God being exercised over the earth, specifically with foreknowledge of the church. The church is the very center of God's activity. It's in the church where things happen that God is most concerned about and most interested in. For the church is the body of Jesus Christ. The church is Jesus. Now, the Holy Spirit comes to stand against our weaknesses when we don't know how to pray. The Holy Spirit himself meets with us in our behalf with unutterable groanings. Now, when I look at all of this, Say, what does this truly mean? What's being said? I want to make it very simple for you. There is a relationship between the Holy Spirit and between your heart, my heart, and it's in that relationship with the Holy Spirit that salvation will be won or lost. The Holy Spirit was sent to bring us to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit was sent to influence every part of our minds and even to quicken our mortal bodies with energy and strength that we could obey the commands of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is sometimes referred to as the Comforter. He's also spoken about as the one who convicts of sin. He is the one who brings us to Jesus. Well, how does he do all of this? And what is his role in our life of prayer? I've shared with you many times the passage out of Second Peter that we participate in the divine nature via the promises of God. But what does that mean? How do we begin to access those promises? I want to share with you a portion of Revival Lectures by Charles Finney where he addresses in a very plain and simple way these issues that I have raised. I'm going to be reading for you out of Lecture 6. And I'm beginning with section 4. 
in what mode or in what way does the Holy Spirit help us? And Charles Finney says, not by superseding the use of our faculties, our mind. It's not by praying for us while we do nothing. He prays for us by exciting our faculties. Not that he immediately suggests to us words or guides our language, but he enlightens our minds and makes the truth take hold of our souls. He leads us to consider the state of the church and the condition of the sinners around us. The manner in which he brings the truth before the mind and keeps it there till it produces its effect, we really cannot tell, we can't explain. But we can know as much as this, that he leads to a deep consideration of the state of things. And the result of this is that the natural and philosophical begins to have deep feelings. When the Spirit brings the truth before a man's mind, there is only one way in which he can keep from deep feeling, and that is by turning away his thoughts and leading his mind to think of other things. Now, please, I need to stop a moment and address this issue. I come day by day, and yesterday was another one of those classic sermons where I gave you scripture passage after scripture passage that addresses the untruth of men and women today who teach that God loves you unconditionally, for he does not. If he loved you unconditionally, there would be no hell, and there is. If God somehow decided that you could not be lost after you were once saved, if once you were born from above, you could never be unborn, that is, if you could never die spiritually, then heaven would be just like earth. Because people of utter rebellion and bitterness and cheating and lying, and you've all known some who call themselves Christians who do these things, then what would heaven be like? Well, heaven would become hell, like earth is becoming hell. We're being threatened on every side with nuclear war, with firebombs. Everything is in chaos. News media is full of lies. There's now fake news every day on NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox. Yes, Fox too does fake news. The media is fake. The entertainment is false. When I look at all of this, and I bring a message of conviction, and you're convicted, you're driving in your car, and the broadcast goes off the air, and the radio stays on, and you listen to the next one, which brings no conviction. And then you go run some errands. Your mind has been totally wiped clean of the message effect that you just were under. When your mind is occupied with all of the other concerns of your life, there's no time for the Holy Spirit to cause the seeds of concern to grow in your heart. I ask one person, do you remember what I spoke last Sunday? What was the message? Oh, pastor, I don't have any idea. It's not that it wasn't a good sermon. I remember that it was a great sermon. But as soon as I walked out of the church, it was gone. Really? 
Well, yes, everything flies into my mind and flies out of my mind. That is the condition of the American populace. That's how we operate. Otherwise, we would not survive the high, fast-paced life. And then in between, we have to tuck a movie or a video game or something else to hopefully let us veg for a minute to catch our breath. But in the meantime, we have totally grieved the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit, who is to be our companion on the journey to heaven, has been shut out of our heart and out of our mind. He says, when the Spirit brings the truth before a man's mind, there's only one way in which he can keep from deep feelings, and that is by turning away his thoughts and leading his mind to think of other things. Sinners, when the Spirit of God brings the truth before them, must feel. They feel wrong as long as they remain impenitent. So if a man is a Christian and the Holy Spirit brings the subject into warm contact with his heart, it is just as impossible he should not feel as it is when your hand should not feel when you put it in the fire. If the Spirit of God leads a man to dwell on things, calculated to excite overpowering feelings regarding the salvation of souls, and he's not excited thereby, it proves that he has no love for souls, nothing of the Spirit of Christ, and knows nothing about the Christian experience. See, the Christian experience is totally shallow today in America. It's miles wide, but it's only a quarter of an inch deep. Why? Because there's no time given to meditation and prayer to allow the Holy Spirit to come against our weaknesses and to fasten itself on our mind so that we consider our true condition before God. Until you take time to do that, the Holy Spirit is grieved from your heart and he cannot deal with the inner person that is in rebellion against him and your weaknesses then take over your life and you totally miss what the Holy Spirit wants to do with you. I remember I've shared with you before as a boy. My dad would early in the morning put us at one end of the cornfield. He'd pack a lunch and he'd drive it down to the other end and drop it off. And we were to hoe our way across that field. And by the time it was high noon, it would be time to eat our lunch at the far end of the field. And then we were to turn around and hoe the next row back. What can I tell you? You think a lot about a lot of things while you're hoeing corn. But we're not an agrarian culture anymore. And so if we're going to have time to think, we're going to have to set aside time to think. We're going to have to turn the television off. We're going to have to turn the radio off. We're going to have to have time to think. We're going to have to turn away from the video games. Now, I'm not saying all of these things are evil, although they probably are. I'm saying that they occupy your mind so that there's no time for the Holy Spirit to impress upon you the true condition of your heart. So if you're always reading something... You're always watching something. You're always talking on the telephone. You're always scrambling to get the next chores done. You'll have no time for holiness. Holiness takes time. It means you're going to have to allow many things to go from your life if you plan to go to heaven. The devil has placed before us a smorgasbord of incredible activities. One mother said to me, 
Oh, I have plans for my kids this summer. I have every minute of their summer scheduled for them. They're going to go to this camp. They're going to go to this dance club. They're going to go over here. They're going to do this. I said, my dear, when are your kids going to have time to listen to you as you tell them about Jesus? When are your children going to have time to think about Jesus? Oh, my kids don't need any time to think. They just get into trouble. Oh, is that is that you, Mama? You're afraid you'll get into trouble if you don't keep cranking? And then you become cranky and start screaming at your kids? Really? Is that how you want to live? Somewhere there has to be time to teach your children about Jesus. Somewhere there has to be time to tell them Bible stories and to ask them questions of reflection. You know, this past Sunday, I do a children's story every Sunday. So this last week, I did the story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And then when I was finished, I said, now please, would you do something for me when you go home on this Mother's Day? Would you ask your mama for a pan of water? And would you wash her feet? Oh, yes, we'll do that. And later I asked mama, did they wash your feet today? Well, no, pastor, but they ask. And I like that. And I'm sure that later we'll do it. Well, why would I want the children to do the biblical task that Jesus took up of washing the feet? Well, I'll tell you why. It'll put new thoughts in their minds. It'll make them think. It'll give mama opportunity and daddy opportunity to talk about what does it mean to serve each other? And is Jesus pleased with the way we're serving him? Suddenly, family has time together to think, to act, and to talk. And only good can flow out of that combination of think, act, and talk. See, if you don't allow any time to think about the broadcast that you hear, they will be the same as a pleasant piece of music that you listen to on the radio. And I'm concerned that many of you listen to this broadcast like you would listen to music. And then you listen to another one, and then you listen to another one, and then you listen to another one, and then you've forgotten everything, and everything is homogenized, everything has been thrown in the blender and whipped up, and you're supposed to drink this as a health drink? Are you kidding me? It will kill you. Because I'm not going to teach. In fact, I'm going to teach against the man you're going to teach next because I know what he's going to teach. And it's not the gospel. Do you understand? You need time to think. You need time to reflect and ask the Holy Spirit, what is it you're trying to fix in my mind? Let me read further, and then we're going to talk some more about this. The Spirit makes the Christian feel the value of souls and the guilt and danger of sinners in their present condition. It is amazing how dark and stupid Christians often are about this. Even Christian parents let their children go right down to hell before their eyes and scarcely seem to exercise a single feeling or put forth an effort to save them. And why? Because they are so blind to what hell is and so unbelieving about the Bible and so ignorant of the precious promises which God has made to faithful parents 
they grieve the Spirit of God away. And it is in vain to make them pray for their children while the Spirit of God is away from them. Now please understand. Your only means of salvation is the blood of Jesus Christ. The only mode, the only way by which it will happen is by the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your heart. He must bring the conviction and he must tutor the change. But if you have no time for the Holy Spirit, you cannot be saved because the road is blocked. I was driving over to do some shopping for the group that meets on Friday evening in my home. We have dinner together at 7 o'clock and then after at 8 o'clock, we begin a study of the book of Luke. And by the way, any of you are welcome to come. Just contact me and I'll be happy to give you the address. Well, as I was turning, I came suddenly to a place where the road was blocked. A huge piece of concrete had fallen out of a sidewall and was smashed on that highway that I needed to travel. It took me quite a bit of distance to work my way around that and finally to arrive at my destination. But I did arrive at my destination. But please, if you block the Holy Spirit, you will not arrive at your destination. You will not arrive in heaven. No, instead you'll arrive in hell. Is that your desired destination? Well, if you don't give the Holy Spirit time to work in your life, if you have no time for reflection, meditation, and prayer, if you have no time for fasting and searching the Word, the Holy Spirit has no grist to work with. He has no avenue to contact your overfilled mind. And then what can the Holy Spirit do to position himself against your weaknesses. And then your weaknesses take over your life. And you walk in sin and rebellion, and then you hear a preacher say, don't worry, God loves you unconditionally. Once you've been saved, you're always saved. You can't be unborn. You can't die spiritually. Yes, you can. The pastor who said that is ignorant of the gospel. He has not read the scriptures. You can die spiritually, and you will die spiritually by busyness, by a refusal to allow the Holy Spirit time and place to reach into your heart and begin to bring conviction regarding your true condition before God. I urge you to, to get on your knees before the Holy God of heaven and say to him, Lord, I need to have a new revelation. I need to understand clearly what my condition is before you. Would you show me that? I'll never forget when I was in college. There was a very popular Christian speaker. He was smooth as silk. Never heard anyone as smooth as that man was. We went to college chapel. It was a religious exercise. It was mandatory. I'm sitting in my seat, and I see that this smooth-talking television preacher is going to speak to the assembly that day, and I groaned in my spirit. I said, oh, no. Do I have to listen to this smooth-tongue order spout his pride? I was utterly disgusted. He stood up after being given a very effusive introduction. This great man of God. He stood up 
and he didn't say a word. And we looked and we watched. And then we saw the most unbelievable thing happening. Tears were coursing down his cheeks. And suddenly I was repenting for my judgment of this man. Tears were coursing down his cheeks. He said in his brokenness with his nose running, Please may I tell you what has happened to me with Jesus. A whole bunch of us were crying with him. We were overcome by the Spirit. He said, in my private devotion, I foolishly, or perhaps wisely, asked the Holy Spirit if he would show me my true condition before Jesus. And he said, instantly, the Holy Spirit answered my prayer. And I saw my pride and I saw my arrogance. I saw the wickedness of my heart. I saw my ambition. And I was utterly crushed. He said, this is the first speaking appointment I've taken over the last months because I've been too broken to stand before God's people. How my heart went out in love to this dear brother. He said, it is the most dangerous prayer you can pray. Holy Spirit, show me my true condition before Jesus. Because he will answer that prayer, because that is what he's about. Do you have the courage to pray it? Are you willing to say to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit, Please show me my true spiritual condition before you. Unmask me. Unveil me. Let there be no pretense in my heart. I need to see who I am. From your eyes, Jesus. And oh, I can tell you, Jesus will answer that prayer by his Holy Spirit. Now, if when you see it, you don't like it and you blow it off and you quickly turn to other interests, you will grieve the Holy Spirit even more deeply. So please don't pray this prayer unless you intend to allow the Holy Spirit time to deal with your heart. The Holy Spirit is willing to intercede for you but you must be willing for him to do the work in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit. Are you willing? How long have you been blowing off the Holy Spirit and not giving him the time to speak to you? What kind of short shrift have you given the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a person. He is God. He is God Almighty. He is referred to as the Spirit of Christ. It is the Spirit who hovered over the deep, the darkness on the day of creation. And when Jesus would give the command, the Holy Spirit hovering over the darkness brought forth the light. He is God. He has a personality. He is real. And he would dwell in you and have you dwell in him. 
But if you grieve the Spirit of God away, your Christian walk will be made up simply of rituals and sentimentalism. Your Christian faith will be a quarter of an inch deep and a mile wide. But there will be no true righteousness in your life. I feel like I just want to stop a minute. If you know this is your condition and you're willing to do this and you want me to pray with you, if you'll call, I'll be happy to pray with you. I'll pray with you that the Holy Spirit will come and show you the true condition of your heart. If you know that your heart today is hard or cold or you know you are hungering after more of Jesus, then call and let me pray with you. Our phone number is 877 534 0780 Again that number 877 534 0780 I'm not going to wait long but I'll wait for just a moment and if you would like me to pray with you regarding this issue I'll do it right now I've been praying for you before I came on the air and I'll be praying for you when I go off air. There must be a change in this city, and there must be a change in those of you who listen to this broadcast. I am not coming and giving this broadcast like a soloist coming and singing a song to you. This is life and death. This is real. You would be better to not listen to this broadcast than to listen to it as a pretty piece of music. 877-534-0780 If you're willing and would like me to pray with you that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you the true condition of your heart, then call and I'll pray with you right now. Mr. Producer, are there any calls? There are no calls. Is this too scary? Is this too private? Really? Or do you already know the true condition of your heart? And are you repenting? Or are you rejoicing in the fullness of knowing Jesus Christ, being washed and made whole, because you face the true condition of your heart and now you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit as he prompts you and directs you? 877-534-0780 Now, while I'm waiting for just a moment longer, you're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee, the pastor of the National Prayer Chapel. I'm inviting you to participate with us financially in this broadcast. So far, it's been a very slow week. I go to the post office every day and I stand at the box and say, Lord, I will receive for for Pilgrim's Progress whatever you choose to send today. And then I open the box and if there's nothing there, I praise the name of Jesus. And if the box is full, I praise the name of Jesus. Because this is not listener-sponsored radio, this is Jesus-sponsored radio and he will move in your hearts as he chooses. But if you'd like to be a part of keeping this broadcast on the air, would you write to the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195? Or would you just hit the donate button on the webpage at nationalprayerchapel.com? 
and you're welcome to donate that way if you choose to. This Good, which one called first? Let's put Vivian on. Welcome. Hello. What would you like to share? Um, what I like to share is that I know God and I keep trying, I keep Could you turn your radio trying. down? Vivian, turn your radio trying. down. I did. Okay, thank you. I keep trying to live holy and I keep failing. And I okay. keep asking God for forgiveness. And I, I, I repent and then I, I feel like I just fall right back. I want to okay. be saved. I want to know God. I want to have a better intimate relationship with him. And I also want to be a better person. Okay. Glad that there are things that I don't do that I used to do, and I'm glad of that. I just want prayer that God would show me my heart, as you said, and help me work on those things that are not of him so that I can be holy. Because I know he's coming, and I want to be ready. Yes. May I pray with you? Absolutely. Lord, my dear sister has openly confessed that she wants much more of you. And she's tried as hard as she can. And she couldn't do it. She's repented. And then gone back to her sin. Lord, I ask today that something new would begin to happen in her heart and in her life. I ask Jesus now, by your mighty name, in agreement with Vivian, we touch and agree, and we ask your Holy Spirit to come and side with her against her weaknesses. Lord, I know it is not by might or by power, it is by your Spirit that we live righteous. So I'm asking, Lord, would you guide Vivian's steps now that she will walk by your Spirit and be granted by your blood total, complete deliverance from all sin, that you will give her the courage to consecrate herself and be crucified with you, giving up everything that is of darkness. And Lord, let her begin by cleaning out where she lives, that every unclean thing will be tossed out, Whatever it is, Lord, no matter what it's worth, Lord, give her the courage to just throw it out. And give her the courage to turn off those wicked things that come into her heart via television or internet or whatever the avenue is that it flows into her heart. Would you give her the courage by your spirit to just cut them off? Lord, this is your precious daughter. I claim her now in the name of Jesus for the kingdom of God. I ask for the mighty work of the Holy Spirit to commence in her life and to bring total change and victory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you, sister. Please call back and let me know what progress you're making. Absolutely. And I thank you so much. You're so welcome. I'll continue, by the way, lifting your name up before Jesus. Please. please, I will. And I thank you for that. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bless day. Thank you. Okay, is Brother Tom there? Brother Tom? Yes. How are you, Brother Tom? I've been praying for you. I know. I got your card. Hold on just for one second. Let me call you right back. Yes, uh, I I just want to say that uh, that is quite a challenge to the uh, radio audience, and uh, I'd like you to pray that with me, I think, (laughs) you know, because that is a brave prayer. That is a brave prayer, Tom. Oh, it is, uh, ruthless merciless it's uh it's uh, just showing yourself uh you know just opening up uh, all the layers of uh 
blockage, so to speak. Uh, you know, and uh, I, I appreciate your card. I almost cried when I read it, but um, so I could feel your your pain as well. You know about uh, the anniversary of your wife's passing, so uh, I, I can relate to some degree. You've had but, a lot uh, of loss in these last years. Lord, have mercy, man. Yes. I, I um, and that's one reason I called about prayer because uh, I certainly feel like in some areas I've slipped. I, you know, I feel like I'm just trying to find my way. You know, trying to find. I just talking to my daughter, and you know, she's really, you know, and it's like you said. You know, certainly for the lost, we want to be here and try to witness to as many as we can, but. Uh, you know, I'm just asking God to put me where he wants me because I don't feel very productive, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you, Tom, when your wife dies or or someone loses their husband, almost always you kind of go crazy for a while. And it takes some yeah. time and adjustment to work out how you're going to survive now alone. And, boy, that's, and, it, and it's not um, easy. It isn't easy. I have no silver bullets uh, that I've discovered it's uh you know, each day i just try to sometimes even look at life in 15 minute 30 minute increments you know what am i going to do the next 15 minutes next 30 minutes whatever it is because it's hard sometimes even to think beyond that now some days are easier you know i can think through the end of the day into the next day but um i know tom uh, it took about three years before i began to see any color again Everything Boy, was black uh, and white. About right, I thought I'd be further along, quite frankly. It's been 18 months, about, you know, approximately since my wife passed away. It's been 18 months plus since my brother passed away, so. Well, please, uh, Tom, give yourself time. Yeah. Give yourself time. Yeah. And yeah. Jesus is walking with you, Tom. Yes, I... I, I uh, I believe that you know he's been merciful to me in he's a lot been of ways. Very it's, merciful uh, to you. It's incredible, um, you know that, uh, and uh, you know I just I want to make sure I'm around for my daughter really because I, I I would hate to think of her without a second parent. It's just and especially being an only child. So it's, yes, it's almost unthinkable. I can't even hardly think of it. But yes, you know I, I certainly have laid in bed a couple of nights told the Lord, I said, I think my, I think I'm ready, you know, if you want to take me. But then I think of my daughter. I said, no, don't do it. Tom, I can't tell you how many times I've laid in bed at night and I've said the same thing. Lord, why don't you just take me? Why don't you you leave her? She was the sweet one. Why don't you take, take me and leave her? But he has to make that decision. uh, Very similar. You know, I, I, I feel like, geez, my daughter needed her more than me, but you know, God knows best. So the Lord does uh, know be best. You know? Well, Tom, let's pray, but, brother. Uh, let's I'm sorry, pray. I let's pray. Oh, please. Lord, I lift my dear brother Tom before your throne in his brokenness. Yes. In the agony of losing his brother and then losing his home, losing his wife. Yes. Lord, I just come now with Tom before your throne and I first of all ask that you would pour in the oil and the wine Mm. that you would bind up his wounds that you would keep him from kind of going crazy and wild and leaving you walking away from you in any way yes and Lord I ask that you would each day order his steps I pray you'll bring people into his life that will love him and care for him, that will encourage him in the journey to heaven. Lord, I I can't thank you enough for the precious people you've placed in my life who have, who have been so powerful in healing my brokenness. Lord, many of them listeners to this radio. Lord, I thank you for each one of them, their cards and their letters and their calls. Lord, thank you. And now, Lord, I pray that Tom will be given a clear, clear vision of who he is in you 
and who he is not in you. That he would see clearly any sin that remains in his life. That he would see those areas of darkness and compromise where he's been playing with the devil. I ask, Lord, you just uncover in a sweep of your unsentimental hand and let him see clearly where he stands with you and what you are calling him to. Lord, I thank you for this dear brother of mine who has walked faithfully before you for many years, serving your people. But now, Lord, he needs you to come and heal his heart and restore him in righteousness. So, Lord, would you guide his steps? Will you speak with him? Will you give him the precious promises of Scripture? Would you cause him to turn aside from every entertainment and just read your word? Lord, thank you. I lift him before you now by faith in your blood, Jesus, and by the power of the Holy Spirit coming and dealing with his heart. Lord, I would be brokenhearted if I went to heaven and Brother Tom was not there. So, Lord, lift him up today. Encourage his heart. Speak tenderly to him. And call him out of any darkness that he's been caught in. Issuing forgiveness and righteousness. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I'm going to appreciate it, Pastor Ray. I read uh, scripture this morning. And I thought of my situation in Psalm 34. It said, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him yes. and delivered him out of all of us and saved him out of all of his troubles. Yes. And uh, that, uh, that describes really the experience that I think I'm coming to because. Uh, can't there's no one that can deliver you out of a situation like that bring you through only the lord can of course it helps to have people around to you know to uh but tom god has been after you for a long time god has been after you by his spirit for a long time yes he is and he is going to bring you through my brother trust him he will deliver you it's not, it. Tom, it's not a lack of money. It's Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right, my brother. I love you. Good to talk to you. Good talking to you, Pastor Ray. God bless. I'll look for you soon. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, that's all the time we have today for the broadcast. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I ask, please, would you pray for Yvonne and would you pray for would you pray for Brother Tom healing in his heart? God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. Now unto him.